Here we go. You're listening to Bible Study Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, October the 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we've been taking a look at the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 14, beginning verse 1. This is Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, talking about the wise ways of life. In other words, these are little parables, and each one talks about, well, here is what an unbeliever thinks. Here is what a believer thinks. And so it can be reversed as verse 1 is. It begins with the believer. The wisest of women builds her house, but a stupid one with her own hands tears it down. Now, what is the Holy Spirit saying through Solomon? A wise woman, and remember, a wise woman means they're following the wisdom of Christianity, specifically of Jesus Christ. And she builds her house. Now, we are not talking about an actual structure that the woman builds, but the house is recognized. Some student may say, you know, I wish I could go to the movie with you, but I have to go to my home today. And what they mean by their home is not just the structure of the house, but the family. And so a wise woman builds her house, builds her family's faith, in God Almighty. And how does she do that? Well, she brings the children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Many a time oven is at work, and so the wife often is the one who treats her children in a Christian manner and disciplines them. Now, to discipline a child doesn't mean to punish a child, as to help a child learn God's ways. Sometimes that may result in some kind of a punishment, but normally it's always the woman telling the child, this is how God wants you to behave. And the more a child is brought up in a woman who's building her house properly, taking the children to Sunday school and church and vacation Bible school and reading the Bible and especially Luther's catechism at home, the more she builds her house. But folly, that is a stupid woman with her own hands, tears it down. Now there, the Holy Spirit is talking about a woman who is not wise, who is not a Christian, who is not building her house and her children on the basis of God's word. And it's not at all unusual to see such families split. 
as the children become more independent and at a time no longer listens to mother or father. Remember, Solomon's early chapters is a father telling his son, but there's no doubt that a mother makes a big difference as she either builds her house or tears it down by what she teaches her children. Verse 2, whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. Now, here again, it's clear. Who are those who walk in uprightness? That means that they have been justified by Jesus Christ through either baptism or hearing the word of God. And that results in fearing the Lord in the sense that the Lord could send disaster upon you and even hell if you are an unbeliever. But when you're walking in uprightness, you properly fear the Lord. Remember Luther's small catechism? How many times does the explanation of each candidate, uh, each, I'm sorry, commandment, talk about we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things? That word fear doesn't mean that we are afraid of God, but it does mean that we have a God-fearing attitude towards him, that he is our maker and controls our lives. Whereas he who is devious in his ways despises him. That is so obvious for many in the world today that have decided to walk in devious ways, which means against the commandments of our Lord. And they give excuses saying, well, I was born this way. And therefore, if I was born this way, how can you judge me? And they forget that all of us, when we are born, have original sin. That's our deviousness. And we therefore despise God because the law is often accusing us of breaking his will by sins of thought, word, and deed. So, continuing with verse 3. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Now, hear the term rod for his back. The only other time that it appears in the Bible is in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And it really refers to a branch of a tree that becomes a whip or a rod for his back. Now, a fool, that's another term for an unbeliever, needs to have a rod for his back. And it doesn't necessarily mean a rod to beat, but the word rod 
refers to proper discipline for someone who is disobeying the will of God. They are so haughty that the mouth of a fool, well, guess what? What does the mouth of a fool do? It speaks foul language against God, talking about that he's really not God. Jesus Christ didn't really come to save me. This is an act of unbelief. But the lips of the wise will preserve or protect them from what? From God's wrath. Now, how does the mouth of a fool lead to the necessity of a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise protects them? It is because of their confession of faith. The mouth of a fool disregards a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore, the more he speaks against God, the more he does sinful deeds without repentance, then this leads to a rod for his back a branch of haughtiness, a whip. But the lips of the wise will preserve them. Go to a worship service and listen to the lips of the wise as they sing marvelous hymns, distinguishing between law and gospel, talking about the wonderful gifts that we receive with God's grace. And then teaching the children in bringing up a proper house for God himself. And that's how the lips of the wise preserve not only themselves, but the children to whom they are speaking, and they are preserved from God's wrath. Now, verse 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Now, what does that mean? Well, we all know what a manger is. That was the feeding trough for animals. And remember, when Jesus was born, they laid him in a manger. Now, when there are no oxen, the manger is clean. That means it is empty because the oxen are not working in the fields, and therefore they can't fill the manger even with proper straw. And so where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. So what the Holy Spirit is saying, this is an attitude that one has toward animals. They are used for purposes that God gives them, namely to work the fields so the manger is not empty, so there are abundant crops, and they come by the strength of the ox. So a person that does not take care of his animals and these animals become sick or they die, well, then the manger is empty. The food 
is missing and the abundant crops are not there because they come by the strength of the ox. Now, in today's society, farmers do not use ox to pull plows or other items in seeding the ground or harvesting. They have expensive John Deere equipment, some of it up to $600,000. But they can plant 16 rows at a time down a field going 15 miles an hour. So it doesn't take long to do 100 acres. And then that particular item, corn or beans or straw or tomatoes, comes up in abundance. And they use other machines to pick it up. And in that way, abundant crops come by those who take care of their farm. Verse 5, a faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. Now, examining the word faithful means that this is someone who trusts the promises of the Messiah, and therefore he is a trustworthy witness, and he will not lie in giving advice to his friends or sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ. But a false witness breathes out lies. I enjoy watching movies on YouTube, especially where there is a priest or a pastor who actually delivers a part of a sermon. And in each sermon that I've listened to, the pastor or the priest is always talking law. Uh, the latest one was, thou shalt not commit adultery, because if you do, you're not going to be saved. There wasn't one word of redemption, not one word of righteousness from Jesus Christ through faith in his word. It was all a testimony and kind of blackmailing the people that if you don't increase your good works, then you are in trouble. Now that teaching still goes on today among some pastors that you hear on the radio. They will say, the reason you aren't being blessed is that you're not doing sufficient good works. Well, that's ridiculous. Even if you are a great sinner, but believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that does not stop you from sinning. No, you have an old Adam that you're always fighting against. But when you do sin, your new man moves you to repentance of that sin, and therefore you become a faithful witness who does not lie. You say it in church that you are a miserable sinner by thought, word, and deed, and that you deserve 
not only temporal punishment, but also eternal punishment. But then the gospel comes through, and by a faithful witness, we hear the words of Jesus, who with you does the same thing that he does with the thief on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise because the thief had faith in Jesus Christ. Verse six, a scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Now here again, we get the distinction. A believer is a scoffer. And where does he seek wisdom? He doesn't seek it from God's holy word. He seeks it by his feelings. How many people have said to you, well, I feel that I can do this because this is the way I was born. And if I was born this way, then God cannot be against it. Well, that's ridiculous because we are born, as I said, with original sin. And so you seek wisdom in vain by examining your feelings, what your personal intentions are, and you set up a God that is in your sinful image, not that you were made in the image of God. But a man of understanding or discernment, he understands the word of God. Knowledge about God becomes easy for him to grasp. What Christian believes that hurting or killing a person is okay? when God does not give us permission to do so, such as in war or protection. What Christian believes adultery is okay? I can't tell you how many movies I watch where even the pastor says, well, the times have changed and young people can now live together before they are married in order to test out whether they can have a proper marriage relationship. That's ridiculous. Because when young people act as though they are married, they always will receive negative consequences from God. So verse 7 concludes, leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. Another way of understanding is get away from the presence of fools who do not have a Christian understanding of reality, words of proper knowledge. This is happening among many youth today, where they get involved with other youth who are sinning and thinking that's okay to sin. Parents have the task making sure that they are leading the of foolish children so that they participate 
are so they won't participate in drugs or stealing or bearing false witness, etc. Because there you will not meet the words of knowledge. Verse 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. What does that say? Well, the prudent, those who trust in Jesus, trust for their salvation. And therefore, the hands of God. Others who are foolish, they don't want to understand the ways of God because they think they're being capsulated by God's word and do not have the freedom to sin as they want to sin. But the wisdom of the prudent, the believer, understands the ways of God in contrast to the stupidity of fools is deceiving. Their advice should not be listened to when it comes to the commandments of God because it is folly what they believe. Verse 9, fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. Now, what does that mean? Well, we need to remember that there were a number of offerings in the Old Testament. And the guilt offering was done when you had done a particular sin and were repenting of it. Fools mock at the guilt offering. In other words, they make fun of a person who is confessing his sins. They'll say things like, who made me, namely the pastor, who made you a judge over me? And they have their own understanding of what is right or wrong. We ought not be surprised since many people and some folly scientists believe in evolution, which of course has no morality attached to it. I mean, a lion will not only kill its female lions when they don't behave, but also the children, because male lion doesn't want offspring that are not his. Is that how we as human beings should behave? Well, it sure seems that way, as there are human beings that kill their offspring because they're getting in the way of their views of what it is to live a happy life. And therefore, abortion removes a item that gets in the way of what they think is happiness, and they forget that it's going to result in even worse consequences. So, fools mock us 
when we confess our sins. But the upright enjoy acceptance. Now, what does that mean? Well, when you confess your sins to God, he either will reject you because you're such a sinner, or he will accept you because you're putting all your faith in Jesus Christ. So fools, they mock at confessing sins, but the upright, that is those who are righteous, enjoy that forgiveness of sins because they are now accepted by God. Like that woman who said, I take joy at confessing my sins. And when asked why, she says, because I know what is going to follow it. And that is the absolution where the pastor on the part of Jesus forgives my sin. Verse 10, the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. See, that's the point we're making, that a true heart realizes how sinful we are and knows our own bitterness, whereas strangers of the gospel, they don't share in the joy of confessing their sins and receiving the gift of the forgiveness of sins because they don't believe in the forgiveness of sins given to them by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This was primarily the work of Jesus Christ, who died so that we will never really die. So, this part of Proverbs 14 continues with the wise ways of living. And we hope to continue this next Wednesday. In the meantime, join us tomorrow at 9.30 for a discussion of how law and gospel makes a difference in viewing the world. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.